The opinions expressed on this podcast are not meant to be disseminated as medical advice. If you need additional clarification or have questions, consult a mental health professional in your area. Hello, and welcome to 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage, the podcast where a comedy writer, that's me, and a psychologist, that's Steve. Hello! podcast where we try to solve your long-running relationship issues in 10 minutes or less. How are you doing tonight, Steve? James, I am giddy. This is our one-year anniversary of doing the show. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary to you. We actually didn't stutter our way through the intro. I think we, well, I would say your entry was less than ideal, but I didn't pause this time because I know that messes you up, and I thought, you know what, this will be my gift to Steve this week. I will just power through his incompetence. So, you are welcome, Steve. You are welcome. Well, this is the podcast about relationships, and uh, the relationship we have is tenuous at best, and I appreciate that you start slowing down to let me know that it's almost my cue to jump in during that intro. So there you go. It's That's like, how I know. It's like the stunt guy who wants to jump out of a moving vehicle, but only if it's going one mile an hour. That's you right there. You nailed that jump, so good job. But we actually well, have someone to help. Does questions? What do we? Yeah, what yeah, do we, we do? We have a real person to help other than ourselves. Here's here's a good one this week. A little less than a year right. ago, I dated a girl who had a really clingy, controlling, and manipulative personality. Things were pretty hard with her, but luckily I managed to get out of that relationship and move on. I am now dating a really amazing girl with a very sweet and friendly personality who I really like. The only thing is, I've noticed that while her personality is very different from my ex. Her mannerisms are very similar to her, and it constantly reminds me of her, which is causing me a lot of anxiety. I don't want my previous toxic relationship to affect my current one, but I'm afraid it might be. Uh, do the two relationship experts have any advice for me? Well, there's certainly one relationship expert here, but uh, let's hear from the other guy. What do you think, Steve? Oh, my God. <laughs> Say that question. What is the question again, exactly? Uh He's, I think he's worried that history is repeating, repeating itself. He's wondering, is he falling into the same trap with this new girl, or is it all in his head? That's, that's the way I interpret it. Hmm. I appreciate, by the way, that you said repeating itself twice, like you repeated yourself with yes. repeating itself. That, that was clearly that deliberate. Was nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's interesting how we, um, as organisms, how we respond to, if, uh, if you remember Pavlov, and Pavlov's dogs. And uh, what Pavlov would do, he Pavlov figured out that the dogs had this part of their brain that would learn inadvertently with what he called antecedents. So what would happen is, is he had a bunch of dogs lined up in his lab with things hooked up to their salivary glands, and he had tile floors in his lab. I'm getting around to the question, James, trust me. <laughs> and um, his research assistant, who was in charge of caring for the dogs, always wore shoes with hard soles. So as they'd walk up and down the aisles to feed the dogs, their heels would click on the tile. And because Pavlov had these things on the salivary glands of the dogs, <clears throat> he was able to notice that the dogs started salivating when they just heard the research assistant walking around the lab. Like the food didn't even have to be there, but they associated that click, click, click of the heels on the tile with the food, so their body would respond. And this antecedent behavior is what the listener is talking about, which is, I, I don't know what the um, 
exact mannerisms are, but for the sake of argument, let's say she cracks her knuckles, something that's pretty blatant like that. So what he learned a year ago was that clingy controlling girl would crack her knuckles and then blow up his phone with 68 text messages. Why are you ignoring me? That kind of stuff. And so that creates anxiety in him. His chest tightens up. Uh, he starts cringing a little bit on the inside. His stomach might churn. Like that's what happens when you're in those relationships. But because we're organisms that are controlled by this learning, because when we were uh, just cavemen wandering around, we had to be able to detect antecedents to keep us safe. If we heard the cracking of a twig behind us, we ran because we knew something was coming up behind us. Like we don't have time to think. So our brain is still built that way. And in relationships, this kind of thing happens all the time, believe it or not, that um, associations get made. And even if the person that uh, let me make this a little clear. So uh, I'll use the guy here that's writing about this. So even though his new girlfriend cracks her knuckles and then gives him a kiss, his brain is so primed to respond in a particular way to his old girlfriend cracking her knuckles and then making him nervous that it's very difficult for him to see reality for what it is. And this is a lot of times what gets couples into trouble because uh, they'll distort what their partner is doing based upon what other people have done around them, whether it's a parent or a sibling or another relationship. Anyway, all of that to funnel down. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going a total college professor on uh -oh. here, and I'm not a college professor. But uh, what I would say to him is if he can identify those things, and there's a couple ways that you can deal with this. Either if she's aware of it and cannot crack her knuckles metaphorically anymore, then that's the best possible scenario. But what I would also do if she can't stop whatever it is that he's picking up from her, and it, maybe it is that she'll become clingy and controlling. But if she doesn't, I would say he can habituate to it. So let, we'll stick with crack knuckles for a second. So what they can do then is during times of quiet where they're just uh, sitting on the couch and uh, they're having a glass of wine and watching the sunset, just have her crack her knuckles a few times and start associating it in his brain with a more pleasurable sensation. So have her crack her knuckles and rub his back or have her crack her knuckles and kind of massage his head for a second or kiss him. Like a start creating a new association for them. The problem is our brain is more primed to look for negative stuff because we do have to stay alive as human beings because we don't run fast and we don't have teeth or uh, big teeth or claws. So it's going to take more repetitions of the positive to undo eventually the negative. But <clears throat> first order of business, first line of defense will be to identify and try to eliminate in her rep from her repertoire. James. Okay, I was that was my cue. I, I, I'm off tonight. Sorry, <laughs> I thought you you talked for so long. I just thought you needed a bigger breath than normal to keep no, going. No, that's my I, fault. I, <laughs> no, I hear you. Okay, well, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Maybe I maybe don't have to. I'm just just advocating myself. I've always got the devil position a little bit. But it, but what comes to mind is uh, one of those old demotivational posters from the internet that says the only common element in <laughs> oh, all I of your failed relationships goes. is you. Yeah. And I guess you know it, it, we don't see both sides of this. This isn't a couples counseling session. We don't know what her side is. We don't know what the ex girlfriend side is. But if you keep seeing all of the same traits in 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 your relationships, I mean maybe maybe you're looking for something that's not there. Maybe you're, maybe you're shoving everything in the same category. If things don't start to go exactly right, if it's not your ideal relationship in your head, if it's not what you imagine, then maybe sudden, you know, all of a sudden you know, this person is the enemy. Or maybe it's something the way that you're interacting with them. Uh, again, we, we don't, we're not there to see both sides. We can't sit you down on the couch and talk to everybody. But if, you, if you're going through a string where you, you think you find everybody who you deal with to be manipulative, 
maybe maybe you're just being overly sensitive to uh, to just normal relationship stuff. I mean, you know, I'm I'm in a marriage, and uh, certainly my wife and I try to affect each other's behavior for ver to various degrees at various times. Neither of us is perfect. Neither of us does the right thing all the time. And there really there isn't a right thing all the time. There is no perfect guidebook for the way to behave or the way to handle any situation. Despite what my wife says, there is not any one right way to to uh, to load the dishwasher. And the way you navigate those oh. uh, the way you navigate those conflicts kind of defines you as a couple. That is the relationship, the back and forth, the give and take. And uh, if every time there's a give and take with this, if you say, hey, that's manipulation, I am who I am, and you can't change that, you, I mean, it's possible that you're reacting to, uh, to something that's just not there or something that's just very much the, the normal everyday struggle of a relationship. So I would say take a step back and look at your prior relationships before this. And do you have an example of a relationship that did not have what you're terming you know, manipulative behavior or this undesirable behavior? And try to figure out, is it really, is this something that's there? Did you happen to fall for the same kind of person twice? Are you mislabeling this? Or are you seeking out the same kind of person over and over? I mean, that's that's another thing I've seen where people who get out of one bad relationship that legitimately is objectively bad from the outside uh, will get out of it and then will jump into a relationship with somebody just like them, that they, they, they were so glad to get away from partner A and they jumped to partner B and to an outside observer, partner A and partner B seem a lot alike. So uh, I would t say, yeah, take a step back and get a little bit of perspective just in case. And if all those fails, uh, you know, get out some dogs and do some Pavlovian stuff and whatever the heck Steve was talking about I don't know what? I heard all I heard was adopt a dog I'm not sure if that's what he was going for there but maybe it'll work wow. for you <laughs> and then you started working a Sudoku puzzle while I was talking yeah <laughs> well, what well do you and I will say that we are we do tend to be drawn to the same kind of person over and over whether it's you meet your fate on the road you take to avoid it so it could be that these are characteristics that he is trying to work out in his own mind because of his upbringing but I don't know what the behaviors are this is why having these questions in an encapsulated form sometimes leaves us a little bit we, we have to kind of guess on some of the details and move in that direction but uh, either one of us could be just as correct or both of us could be just as correct we could, or you could be horribly manipulating me. I guess we'll just never know, Steve. But I'm going to assume you're the bad guy here. I think that's, I think that's what we should break down. We should also start, for places where, where listeners uh, leave a gap in details, we should just start making up details and filling them in ourselves. Like maybe, maybe he was dating one serial killer, and now he's dating another serial killer. Maybe that's the key to podcast ratings. We just got to spice it up a little bit. I mean, you can't objectively prove that, neither, that they weren't serial killers. So wow. I guess we'll just fill that and in. And she's a taper. Yeah. yeah, and I will All say right. this: if you discover that your first girlfriend's a serial killer, and you move on to the second serial killer, it's not them. It's it, well, it is. It, it is them, I guess. Yeah, it is you. them, not you. Yeah. Although I, I don't know what that says about you if you keep going for serial killers. But if you'd like us to uh, to diagnose your relationship and see if we can solve your problems and possibly make up incriminating details for you, you can send in those questions to us. You can email them to me at jamesbreakwell at explodingunicorn.com. I think we've answered every single question we've ever been sent. We have a pretty good rate with these, yeah. so unless unless you send us something truly horrible we'll probably we'll probably take a good crack at it and see if we can help you out or at least make ourselves laugh a little bit along the way and this is actually our 52nd episode of uh, 10 minutes to save your marriage we made it a full year our relationship mine and steve's is still intact somehow we still can't get the intro right we're working on it but we will never perfect it i'll spoiler alert that's how this podcast ends is with us just as bad in the last episode as the first but thank you for sticking with us through 52 episodes it's been a fun time uh ever since that first uh 
meeting with Stephen Abar a long time ago. I guess that was for our other podcasts. Yeah. This podcast doesn't have That's an origin true story. story too. Yeah. It was like an email or something. It's very undramatic. We got to change that. We got we got to start lying about our origin story too. Uh, but thank you for sticking with us for that year. And this has been ten minutes to save your marriage, and that's ten minutes of your life you'll never get back. <laughs>